Listening to Tech Writer Voices, a podcast dedicated to educating technical writers around the world about the latest tips and tricks and other news and information related to technical communication. I'm your host, Tom Johnson. Today I'm talking with Kevin Siegel. He is the founder and president of Icon Logic, and Kevin has written a large number of computer training books on on everything from Adobe Captivate to RoboHelp and Dreamweaver and Quark and uh, InDesign and PageMaker. It's almost uh, as if you have to try to figure out what he hasn't written a book on. So he's very prolific. He's got a blog at iconlogic.blogs.com and he just released an e-course on Captivate. And that is the topic of our podcast today. So, Kevin, can you tell me a little bit about your interest in Captivate? How did you get involved, and and why are you interested in it? Well, as a technical communicator, I've always looked for ways to show what to do rather than talk about it or write about it. I think anybody in the technical communications area knows how difficult it can be to explain a concept or write about a concept. And years ago, I used a program called Cameraman. This is probably 15 years ago, which was one of the forerunners to programs like Activate. Really cool, but it was very clunky, crashed every five seconds. And when it worked, it was great, but that was probably 10% of the time. So I kind of abandoned the concept of teaching people via simulations. And then I tried uh, early uh, programs like Camtasia, which I thought were really nice. But the problem with Camtasia is the size of the file that was created when you recorded the online session was huge. You're talking 70, 80 megabytes for just a few minutes. And trying to provide that content on the Internet back in the day was impossible. So when I saw Captivate, back when it was called RoboDemo, back when a company called eHelp Corporation owned it, I was impressed by how easy it was to use, but more impressed with how small the output file was. You're talking about a five or ten minute interactive simulation was a megabyte, which was incredible. You're talking 70 times smaller than what I saw with the similar movie in Camtasia. I know there's other products out there today that do similar things to Captivate, and I can't compare file sizes, but I know back in the day when I was looking at RoboDemo, which became Captivate, compared to programs like Camtasia, it was an incredible difference. I'm not so much concerned now with file size. Today, most of our customers, we expect them to have high-speed Internet. If you're using a dial-up modem, we're, we're really not considering you one of our sweet spot customers. We're looking at people that have at least uh, DSL service or uh, uh, cable modem. We have fiber optics here, so we're thinking speed. But really, it was the ease of recording these simulations that really got me excited back in the day. Do you think that audio and video are becoming more popular? We see things like YouTube that has just exploded and lots of other online video and, and podcasts have become more popular. Um, are these, is the audio and visual becoming more of the, the media that people are demanding to learn? I think it definitely is. What I don't think it's going to do <coughs> excuse me, is, uh, is replace stand-up instruction or virtual live training, at least not yet. But it's interesting. I had some students in my class teaching Captivate who were teachers, and they teach high school kids, and they were trying to think of ways to uh, really get these kids excited about the lesson. And one of the teachers made it clear to me that these kids today have a very visual learning experience with the games they play. They're on the computer all the time with their 
with their PlayStations and their uh, uh, Xbox games. And then they come to school and they just stare at a person at the front of the room doing very little animation. Uh, the person's not animated at all. I don't mean animated cartoon. I mean they're just talking. A talking head basically is how this teacher described it. And so these teachers were trying to create lessons that would be more interactive and fun for the students, not necessarily to replace stand-up training now, but to augment it. That's how we teach. We, uh, we treat our e-learning courses. We, t- we treat them as a way to augment your lessons not a way to replace, because there's still some stuff that doesn't translate with Captivate without having to go into Flash, which is a much more difficult transition. So at the, right now, we don't think it's going to replace stand-up training. We think it's going to augment. But down the road, as things become more and more visual and these video games become more realistic, it's going to be a chore for educators to make these things more visual and online. And programs like Captivate certainly do help. How do you think that technical communicators should deliver screen demos with help. I mean, do you, do you think that only complicated processes should should have screen demos? Because, I mean, it's not as if people can do a screen demo for everything in the help. And so how, how do you recommend uh, doing the screen demos? If, if time is short and, and, and resources are short, and typically we find that these technical communicators, the help authors, they're on their own. They're working by themselves with short deadlines it would be probably the best idea to focus the, the e-learning modules or the show me or let me try demonstrations to the most difficult concepts. But that doesn't mean that's all you put in there. Certainly you can, uh, one of the most popular kind of uh, demos that we create is uh, if it's a web app, how to get to the web app and how to log in and how to log off and how to navigate, the simple navigation. That's a simple kind of a fun thing to do for new users. But but simple things like log off, clicking a log off button, you don't make a lesson out of that. You'd make it part of a bigger lesson. But to, to get right to the point, if you're, if you're going to make uh, lessons for uh, simple or complex, we would lean toward the complex, which is taking a lot of words to explain. And you're not getting the point across. It'd be great to have a little, in your help system, a little show me button, and they click it and it pops open a new window and shows the interactive simulation. Now, the new technical communication suite from Adobe integrates Captivate with RoboHelp. Can you talk a little bit about that integration? Yeah, it's two, two different ways you can uh, integrate with RoboHelp. But really, Captivate outputs the Shockwave file, Swifts. And you can, at any time, uh, insert a Swift into a topic. The way we do it in our help systems is we'll have uh, some links on a topic, and the links launch a Swift in a new window. Uh, actually open up a new topic with the Swift embedded in it so it's nice and clean. The nice thing about RoboHelp 7 and Captivate 3 is if once you've imported the Swift into RoboHelp, you can right-click it in RoboHelp and choose Edit. There's a, there's a uh, project panel, a pod they call them. You right-click it and choose Edit. It bounces out the Captivate, finds the original production file, the CP file, opens it in Captivate, you make your changes, you save, you close, and it creates a round-trip scenario where it re-puts it, reinserts it back in your project. Without that ability, you'd have to bounce to Captivate, open the project manually, make your changes, publish, go back into RoboHelp, re-import. saves you several steps in the process. So RoboHelp and Captivate actually now talk together. Now, to get that kind of functionality, you definitely want to get the communication suite. You don't want to buy the products separately. If you buy Captivate and RoboHelp, they don't integrate as well as if you buy the suite. You're really forcing the issue if you buy them independently. What's your 
preferred way of doing screen demos? Do you like screen demos that have voice, or do you prefer just the demos that have captions? Without a doubt, the kind of simulations that are most effective are the ones that have voice. Uh, so we encourage everyone to use voice. The problem is, if voice is not done well, it kind of brings the, the presentation down several notches. Uh, I would not necessarily use my voice. I don't think I have a very strong voice for uh, these online demos. We hire voice talent to serve as, uh, as voiceovers. Uh, it does add a layer of expense to your project. There's, there's time involved in writing the narration script, and there's going to be time involved getting the audio into Captivate, but it does pay off in the end of a better simulation. You've got to worry about compliance these days as well. Uh, what we're doing is we're taking the audio and making it as closely as possible match the text captions so that there isn't a disconnect. And I have had a lot of instructional designers come to my class saying that's not ideal instructional technique. Your text captions in Captivate should be very cryptic and bullet, bulleted list where your, uh, your audio, your narration should be more expansive, which is true. I agree with that. The problem is... Now you have to go to the other, the next level. If you, if your audio does not match your text captions, now you really do have to put closed captioning in, which adds even more labor to your production cycle. So if you have the the manpower to do it, you would do text captions that are bulleted, audio captions that are definitely expansive. I agree with that, and you would do closed captioning. But there is no automatic way to put the closed captioning in with this version of Captivate. I'm hoping down the road there will be. And until that comes along, that's a huge labor thing you have to budget for. So ideally what we do is we have audio that exactly matches the text captions, which I know is not a popular choice among my, my peers, but that's what I have a lot of people doing today uh, in the real world. Just to, They don't have the manpower to do what, quote-unquote, is technically correct. So it's interesting that you said that people prefer the, the voice, they hear the voice. I mean, I think I'm one of those people. I like to hear voice, but... Sometimes if somebody's reading something or if or if they're narrating a process and they're moving too slow, I, I just want to skip forward. And it's not always possible to do Well, it's not possible really to do that with audio unless you're just using the fast forward lever or slider. So so uh, do some people think that that some of these screen demos can be kind of tedious and slow? And how do you get around that? They can be, but here's, here's the production technique that we give to students. Uh, we make it that you put just one caption on a slide, and you put one audio clip on a slide to match the caption, which means you've got a short audio clip, and it should be a short caption. If you're not done talking or describing a concept, then you make more slides and Captivate, but you keep your slide count, your text caption count, and your audio file count on a one-to-one-to-one ratio, that speeds up the production cycle for you as a Captivate developer, and it speeds up the playtime for your users. And if they skip the slide, there'll be a play bar on the bottom of most of your Captivate presentations. If they skip it, they've missed one little clip. They haven't missed an incredible long narration that could be, all oh, this person's going on for five minutes. And it does also keep in mind you want to keep these audio clips as short and sweet as possible because you do get people who get bored. We recommend, by the way, that a Captivate presentation, be you should be able to finish it, if you're a user, in five minutes or less. So if you're going to talk about you've got an hour worth of presentation, that's going to be, what, 20 short movies. Uh, and they can access it through a menu on your website or through a learning management system. So when you, um, 
record audio, the technique that you're recommending is that you narrate the audio after you do the the screen demo so that it fits on that exact slide. I mean, because I know you can record the audio as you're recording or capturing the screen, or you can uh, record the audio later. Which is your preference? Yeah, you can, you can, as you just said, record the audio as you're recording the movie. I find that to be incredibly distracting. Plus, depending on your, uh, your sensitivity of your microphone, you'll get every sniff and sniffle and every click of the mouse as you move through the presentation. We recommend strongly that you record the audio in a different session, different day. And what we do is we go ahead and put the, uh, we follow a script, of course, to create the movie or project, uh, Captivate Project. We put all the text captions in, get them approved, and if the audio is, in fact, going to match the text caption, what you do in Captivate is you publish a Word document from Captivate, a handout, and you give that document. It'll have a picture of the slide. It'll have a picture of the text caption and maybe some notes beneath it that you want your audio person to read before they record, and you hand that document off to a narration talent, whether that's you or somebody else, and they use that to actually record it. And because the document is split, slide one, here's a picture of the slide, here's the text, here's what we want you to say, or just say the text. Uh, slide two, slide three, on and on it goes. So when you record the audio, when I get audios back, if I got it back from you, it would say slide one, audio dot MP3 or uh, uh, AVI, uh, not AVI, uh, WAV. So I would know exactly what, where the audio goes when I bring it back into Captivate. We found that really does speed up the production. So we don't put the audio in actually till late in the game when all the text has been approved. Speaking of late in the game, that seems like that's usually about the time that the user interface is ready to be um, captured. Uh, but usually by that time, um, the, the help is due in a couple of weeks, so it doesn't give you a lot of turnaround time. Um, how do you get around this predicament of having to wait until the user interface is, is nearly done to do the screen captures, but then not having time to really do many of them at that point? Well, it, uh, it depends how far along we are in the process. You're talking, I hope I've got something that I can at least look at, and you probably will. The screens may not be 100% set, but the program's out there. So what you can do is go ahead and record your presentation, your project, and captivate, and you'll have a 70-slide presentation, let's say. Uh, and then you find out half of those screens have changed or all the screens have changed. What you can do then is go back and captivate and record the screens manually by pressing print screen. So now you'll have background screens that exactly match what you've already recorded. You have all your text captions in, all your interaction, your highlight boxes, your click boxes, but you've got the wrong backgrounds now. So what you do is you start captivate again, re-record, but this time print screen, print screen, print screen to match your basically your script that you now have in captivate. And now that you've got this second document, what you do is you launch two sessions of Captivate, go to slide one of the new movie, copy its background, go to slide one of the other movie, paste its background, and on you go. You'll get it done very, very quickly. Uh, if the slide counts are identical, you can even import uh, assets from the old movie into the new one and keep all your objects. If the slide count is not the same, then you would paste its background. It's a good trick. Hmm, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of that before. That sounds interesting. So... Tell me a little bit more about Captivate itself as a tool. What is it about it that you like, and what do you not like? That's a loaded question. 
All right. Now, uh, what is it that I love about the program? Uh, I love the, uh, and Adobe touts it as rapid e-learning deployment. Look, you can muddy the waters and take this, and take this presentation to the moon as far as what you include in it. Uh, and you could spend weeks uh, massaging the, the message. But really, at its core, you turn on auto-record, you set your language, you set the level of interactivity you want Captivate to add, be it text captions, highlight boxes, text entry boxes, click boxes, and you record following a valid script. The most important pr- part of this whole thing is a valid script. So if you have a valid script and you've recorded, quite literally you are done quickly. It's how much do you want to do to it after that that muddies the waters. So what I love about Captivate is the ease and the speed by which you can deploy. If I was going to complain about Captivate at all, it's it's the stuff that's still missing from the tool. Uh, we still need a better way, for instance, to edit flash video when you bring it in. Right now when you bring in flash video, you're shooting in the dark. You really can't see what you're doing because when you're editing in Captivate, it's basically a gray box that you're playing with. You can't see what's happening in time in the video on your timeline like you would with Flash. And I know that Adobe is not planning on, at least I don't think they are, making this product more and more like Flash because they have Flash. So why would they do that? And you can incorporate your Captivate project into Flash and add pie-in-the-sky interactivity. So uh, what I love about Captivate, ease of use. What I, I'm not even going to say despise because I love Captivate, is that it's still missing some core tools that we'd like to see at this point, considering it's at version uh, version 3 of Captivate, and it was uh, five versions of RoboDemo before that. So really, this is Captivate version 9 now. I'd like to see a few more tools in there, but I understand it's coming, and they continue to evolve, and I serve on their advisory board, and I know that uh, it's not long before we start working on Captivate 4, believe it or not, since Captivate 3 came out not that long ago. So what are some of the new features of Captivate 3 that, that people should know about? The hot new feature, as far as I'm concerned, is the randomized quizzing and the improved functionality of the quizzing. Uh, I still tell people it's not Captivate strength, the quizzes, because it's got some limitations that they need to improve. That's one of those, if I'm going to despise something, the fact that you've got some limitations of what you can put on a question slide. You can't add click boxes, for instance. They're grayed out. There's some functionality I like to be able to add. But the fact that you can now random make random quizzes, and I think the biggest is that you can duplicate question slides now. It used to be if you were making a quiz and you made a multiple-choice question and you wanted another one just like it, you had to insert a blank, a brand-new one, and all that production work that you did on the first one, you have to redo. So if you spend an hour on the first one, it's an hour on the second one, and on and on it goes. Now you can get that first question slide done, duplicate it, and just change the question and the answers. I think that's fantastic. Uh, the other uh, feature that I think really is helpful as far as production goes is they have a search and replace feature now that they didn't have that you can search for uh, phrases in your document uh, and replace them previous to that feature. You had to bounce your document into Microsoft Word to make the change and then bounce it back. So uh, that's the second biggest. The third one, I would say, is uh, slidelets, rollover slidelets. It used to be in Captivate, you have rollover images and rollover captions. The problem with rollover images, you couldn't have captions. The problem with rollover captions, you couldn't have images. Rollover slidelets combines the functionality of both, plus you can include animation, 
uh, audio, video. I mean, it's really uh, taken what you can include in a rollover to a whole new level. And I found a lot of uses for that in production. Uh, I would think one of the things that Adobe has touted as a hot new feature is the ability to record multiple projects at one time. So you can record demonstration, simulation, uh, training, assessment, all at one shot. So really when you record, you've recorded four movies at the same time. If your goal is rapid, rapid deployment and you're going to record and publish and you're not going to clean these movies up, which I think you're going to have to do, that's a great feature. But if, in fact, you're going to clean these movies up, essentially what you've done now is you've got four movies all need, in a lot of cases, identical cleanup. You've quadrupled your labor, as far as I'm concerned. We recommend that if you're going to make uh, an interactive movie, uh, often called a Let Me Try, and a demonstration, which is really called a show me. First record the show me, get it perfected, do the old file save as routine, and then in the new saved version, it's faster, we think, to add the interactivity than it would be to clean up four separate files. We think in production we get it done faster that way. And I've asked other people for their feedback on that. Uh, We've done a ton of development with Captivate, and on our end, that works out better than recording the four movies. So uh, I would give that a, a lesser wow factor with the new features in Captivate 3 as opposed to the randomized quizzing, which is huge, and that search and replace feature, which is huge. There are other things, and, and slidelets, of course. There are other things, but those are the top four in the order, I think, of, of uh, the order of production and uh, save you time and all that good stuff. Now, Kevin, you just released an e-course on Captivate, and you're writing a book, or I don't know, maybe you've already published the book on Captivate 3. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, what readers can access in terms of resources on Captivate that you've written? On my website, iconlogic.com, right on the home page, we, uh, we offer virtual training, of course, uh, live instructor-led training over the Internet. Uh, which is not for everybody. Some people are about to go to a live class, uh, but some people uh, really do thrive on the, they can stay at their computer and do it over the Internet. And we've had a lot of good success with that. Uh, other people want to just take a 24-hour-a-day, uh, seven-day-a-week kind of a class. We have an e-learning class on Captivate as well. That's all through the Iconologic website. And my book, The Essentials of Adobe Captivate 3, that's really the most uh, a complete way to learn Captivate, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you should be able to finish it two, maybe three days if you sat down and uh, closed the office door and got to it, get it done in two days. It supports the Adobe two-day class. There's a lot in there for a two-day class. So uh, a lot of trainers, uh, either they uh, they teach their own lessons and use the book to augment, or they leave some lessons out, because there's a lot in there. But it covers soup to nuts, including uh, uh, concepts of recording movies, some sample scripts, and the process of building your movie all the way to uploading it to a learning management system. And we don't just talk about how to upload it to an LMS. We actually have a relationship with an LMS provider where you can have a 30-day account for free, and they don't spam you and ask you to buy the product. And for 30 days, you can upload content into your LMS and see how it works. Uh, It'll score and all that kind of cool stuff. So those are the three things, the the virtual training, the e-learning course, and the Captivate book. And on my website, I have a learning center uh, uh, off the main navigation bar that has other resources. I have that weekly newsletter that comes out, and then it goes out every week that has Captivate tips and tricks, writing uh, information, grammar, uh, and all that information ends up on my blog, and you can find a link to my blog on the Learning Center. 
All right, those are some great resources. You guys really publish a lot of helpful content for technical writers there at Icon Logic. So, well, thanks, Kevin. Those are all my questions. Is there anything else you wanted to add that we didn't get to? If you haven't experienced Captivate yet, give it a shot. Uh, it's one of my favorite programs to teach. I teach a lot of programs, as you were saying at the beginning. I, I've written uh, a, a, a great deal, uh, a large number of books, and I teach the, the Quarks, the FrameMakers, uh, the RoboHelps. But my favorite class to teach is Captivate. A, it's a lot of fun, and just you see students come in that are not Flash developers, and they, they're kind of bummed out that they can't develop this great content, and they realize quickly in two days, wait a minute, I can do this. Uh, if, if I've got any kind of script at all, and I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the script is the most important thing, then I can create these rapid e-learning lessons that are going to help me educate my team. And I think it's a great, great tool, one of my favorites. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming on the show.